Hey! Hello, everyone out there. Welcome to another episode of the PlayStation Report. This is Frank talking. Uh, I didn't check if my mic was screwing up, so Tyler, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to let me know. Ah, uh, no, it, you, you sound fine. Okay. You don't you don't sound like you have a incredibly deep voice. Mm, okay, <laughs> that All happens. Right. You know, yeah, that that is the most frequent uh, audio delight we get to experience when setting these up. One day, I I feel we just got to record a full show with you like that. Just yeah, but it's got to throw, throw everybody off. Yeah, we we'll do it sometime. Uh, <laughs> when it's that is, so I don't. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to find out find a good good time to do that. Uh, but yeah, um, we're here to do another show. Uh, it's 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 almost the end of September, man. Oh my gosh! Insane. There's only three months left in this year. Yeah, it's crazy. Where did it go? Mm. Well, most of it went with uh, me sitting right here at my desk. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we we've got some video games to talk about. I didn't even watch the F1 race this morning. Oh, I um, I, I got up at six thirty and. Had a good time. Oh, okay. Uh, so here, here's my reasoning. I don't like the track. I mm-hmm. don't like the time of the race. Like it's it's the er- it's one of the earlier races we have to fucking wake up for. And you know, I just I stayed up too late playing Hades. <laughs> mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, that, that's all. That all makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got up at. 6.30, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just go do it. I went down the street, got me some McDonald's breakfast, and uh, it was a grand old time. Got back right before the race started, and um, it was a really exciting half a lap to open the race up. Mm. I'll say that. Um, Botas was starting third and got an amazing start. And was really challenging for the lead going down in, but then just complete chaos. Because you're going down that really long straight, and then, you know, you have to make a pretty tight turn. And the FIA said that if you miss that turn slightly and have to run off, you have to go through this really tight chicane sort of thing with bollards, basically. Mm -hmm. And Carlos... Uh, signs just totally fucked up and tried to enter that chicane the wrong way and his car like clipped this wall that was sticking out and just he completely got screwed and then like two corners later Lance strolls sideways and into the fucking wall and <laughs> it was like it was like a Magello all over again uh, it was it was a crazy opening lap but um it was a fine. I mean, it was a fine race. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I think Sochi's so much. I think it's more fun to play in a video game than to watch in real life. Um, and it, it is boring seeing some of these tracks where you know there's ten seconds in between every car, mm-hmm. and that kind of sort of happened. It was a little more interesting with Lewis Hamilton getting some interesting penalties. Yeah, uh, that kind of screwed him. Yeah, penalties that like kind of like were a little bit weird because just right. 
It was it was based on like instructions from the rate from uh, the race director about like pit like practice procedures like in pit lane entry and exit like oftentimes you'll see uh, drivers uh, try practice their starts in in the pit lane like mm-hmm. right, right outside there, but they m- apparently made the instructions really fucking unclear and uh, the Lewis was just doing what his team told him to do. Right. Yeah. He he did. Uh, I don't I don't blame him for being like pretty upset because it it was incredibly unclear and kind of confusing. Yeah. Uh overall, but yeah, that kind of that also hurt his com- chances. That also in combination with the with their the F1's officials like most recent like change to some rules like now they're 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 basically trying to stop Lewis from doing his activism on TV. Yes, yes, I saw that today too. Which I was I was kind of disappointed in. Yeah, that they have like a, a dress code now, basically, yeah. uh, before and after races, and he you know he's been very active in the whole you know Black Lives Matter movement and all that stuff. And yeah, that was that was disappointing to read, honestly. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I mean overall, I mean it was it was a fine race, I guess. Yeah. Um, What's next, man? I, I can't... Nerf, the Germany Nurburgring. Oh, they're going back to the Nurburgring. All right, yeah. Cool. So they're not be they're fun. not doing the whole Norch life, but that would actually I don't, I don't know if that would even be exciting. It's such a long track, you'd get so much yeah. distance between cars. It wouldn't really yeah. be racing. You'd just be watching these very fast cars go around this very difficult track. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so. It also wouldn't yeah. be safe. <laughs> no, definitely not. You fucking crash not. somewhere out in the fucking woods there, it'll take forever for anyone to get to you. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I think there's only seven races left for the season. Mm. Okay. So, good stuff. Well, Tyler, I mean, I hate asking you every week because I kind of think I know the answer. How many races have you done? I only did two. Oh, only, okay. You showed some yeah. restraint this week. <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I pretty much only did them because when I was going to play video games one night, I got to it very late, and I'm like, I'll just do a fucking race. Why not? Um, so, yeah, I only did uh, two races in, uh, in F1 2020. I did France and Austria. Um I don't know what's going on, man, but I'm just, like, completely crushing it to the point where it's starting to get, like, really boring, and I'm even turning the difficulty up after every race. Um, I know you're up into, like, the 90s. I'm, like, mid-70s right now, um, which is still pretty competitive for the AI, and, and like like I said, after every race, I'm turning it up, and I'm still just, like, I don't know. I, I, know, you, I know, you know, getting upgrades for the cars and team and all that stuff definitely makes difference, but... Uh, like Austria was just incredibly boring, um, and to the point where I had to kind of challenge myself in a way with with like dumb stuff. That first corner, I took wide uh, a couple times too much and got a three second penalty, mm. and I was two and a half seconds after pit stops ahead of second place. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to roll with it, and um, I got it up to about three and a half uh eventually and then hit lap traffic and it fell down to two seconds with two laps left and i'm like fuck 
uh, this sort of sucks. And then I don't know what happened. I just fucking nailed the last two laps and got up above three seconds and ended up winning that. France was pretty fun, um, mostly because uh, at one point it felt like I was racing at like fucking Daytona in stock cars because there was a wad of like six cars and we were all drafting uh, off of each other down the really long straights of mm-hmm. that track and that that was a lot of fun overall and um, really kind of won that one based off of strategy and in passing Leclerc when he was kind of stuck in traffic but he was running me down overall so yeah I mean it's it's fun oh and I I talked like I told you last week how um in my season so far Lewis Hamilton has finished third or better in every race yeah and then has had two DNFs we're at France he's doing really well Lewis Hamilton's out of the session and I'm like Mm. are you serious like I'm not even around him when these things are happening so it's not like I'm wrecking him or anything but I just feel like uh the championships are just being handed to me Mm. we'll see we'll see still still I left but game is fun yeah i'm just gonna keep cranking it up and making it happen um yeah have you have you played this game recently no i haven't actually i i haven't actually been racing the last couple of weeks i don't know like i just haven't had the motivation to attach my wheel to the desk mm-hmm. it's, it's a whole thing to set this up so, yeah. yeah i mean there, there are other things that i've been playing too that have just kept my attention so mm-hmm. yeah um Let's see, what else? I finished Ghost of Tsushima. Mm, okay. Um, I think I like that game, for sure. Right. Uh, the ending really came together for me with the story and the way a lot of the more uh, character-oriented quest lines ended uh, was pretty well done. Uh, and, and, you know, the final final boss fight was really great. Without spoiling anything, uh, in the way just the ending was done, I really liked, um, and, and so it was cool to see see all that come together. There was also, you know, a, another boss fight. There's basically two boss fights at the end, and they were both pretty pretty cool, and I enjoyed myself playing it. Um, so yeah, like I said, I think I, I think the story really came together for me. That game still is another one of those in terms of just like an open world checkbox. But I think the game just does it does some smart things that I think kind of makes it stand out a little bit more uh, compared to some of the other games. Is it my game of the year? Absolutely not. Um, but is it an experience that I, in the end, I think I really did enjoy myself playing it. Um, I, one knock against it though is just we kind of talked about it. It's just you just kind of get to a point where you unlock a lot of abilities, a lot of a lot of toys, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. Like you feel super powerful. The game doesn't challenge you too much more, and so in terms of like difficulty and hard boss fights, like it. Uh, like there was a couple that kind of challenged me, but in the end, they're still all sort of similar. You know, once you get the parry system down, all that stuff, the game just becomes pretty, pretty easy. Sometimes you feel like a complete badass, but 
it, it was a little... I, I just wish I felt like I was uh, progressing throughout the game rather than, you know, maybe the first half of it. Um, so there, there's not a whole lot of difference there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's just some really cool cinematic moments at the end, some really great character stuff and great music. You ended up really, I think, digging that game All right. by the end of it. Have you played it recently? I know you uh, mentioned it last week. You no. dove in. No, no. I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. That's an eventually or maybe kind of game for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. As far yeah. as finishing it goes, yeah. yeah, it was a cool. It was a cool experience. Um, then I I've started two new things. Okay, and I'll finish with the one I like the most. Um, I started playing Marvel's Avengers. Oh, okay. And <laughs> so I just started playing the campaign because I think all the more live service stuff you ha- you basically have to finish the campaign first. Um, and I'm more interested in the campaign anyway. So uh, I'm pretty much through the point where the beta was, but the beta sort of skipped around a little bit. Um, I will say that the story is a lot more gripping, I think, than I was giving it credit for in the beta. Um, just because there's some really cool stuff in the beginning of this game. I mean, it's a Marvel story, but I think if you're really into those, the story's really cool so far, and I'm really uh, interested to see where it goes. You know, this game has a ton of budget to it, so like a lot of the cinematics and all that stuff look pretty darn good. Uh, there's some cool moments uh, so far, and um, I-, I like how... The story's centered on Kamala Khan uh, so far. I think she's a really cool character, and it's cool to just kind of get to know her more because I don't, I don't, I'm not super familiar with her, but I'm really digging it so far. Um, and and yeah, I mean, in the combat's been okay so far. There hasn't been a ton and a ton of it, and the game's just kind of teaching you stuff, uh, some some additional things. Um, whereas the beta, you know, it was just kind of confusing sometimes of like what did what, and now playing it, you sort of start to understand some of those things. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to see where it goes. Apparently the campaign's only like 10 hours long or, or so, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm curious about the live service stuff. I don't know how much I'll, I'll stick with it, but yeah, I'm curious to just see where this game goes with the whole thing. Um, and, you know, I, I had to uh, contribute to its September sales so that I can maybe, maybe my one sale is what's going to tip me. Okay. Tip me over to win. Win our little bet. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, As we've discussed, just... you're already fucked because uh, NBA. Yeah, uh, mo- most likely, most likely, but... Um, I will say, too, when I started playing this game, uh, I was drinking some beers. This game's really fun to play drunk. Just the fact that you're just beating the shit out of stuff and it just doesn't really matter sort of thing. Um, I was, I was a, had a grand old time. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to seeing where that campaign goes, at least. Um, and then right before 
this podcast, I almost was just like, you know what, I'm not going to do the show today. Mm, because okay. I was playing Hades. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I I, I started it today, and um, I I think I've only done about five runs, and I'm not very good at it so far. But there's just something about this game that is so fun and like immediately gripping, like it, it just the game just really grabs you. Like I'm really. In so many ways. I mean, it has a great, great look to it. Super massive or super giant always has great looking games. Um, so that's one thing. And then I'm really digging the characters and how the story is presented. And I haven't played a lot of these games, but I just feel like the way they've injected story into this game is really smart and really cool. And. Yeah, I think just the loop of this game is incredibly cool so far, and I, I just, I just want to play so much more of it. And, and you know, I felt myself getting better. I keep basically getting to, I guess it's the first boss. There's like two, two dudes that are like throwing bombs at you. That 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 that's just a mini or, boss, man. Just a mini boss. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I have no clue what the bosses are. I just saw that there's like a skull on the door. I'm like, yeah. okay, maybe it's a boss. I don't know. Um, so I keep getting there, which I know isn't super far into it, and I almost get them like every fucking time. Um, mm. You got it. You got it. I don't know. The gameplay is just really fun to me so far too, even being so early. I don't like the bow. That's the only other weapon that I've unlocked, or the first one that basically okay. gives you two. I don't know. Do you, do you use that thing? There are. I just. So I I've done uh, a couple runs, and I I've actually cleared it twice okay. since last week. Cool. It is really funny. My first run since uh, <laughs> since like the game went 1.0, I fucking cleared it. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't played the game for at least a month before that. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that was good. Uh, but, yeah, I did have a bow build that was working pretty good. Um, I think a lot... The game does get easier as you play it. As also, like, when you unlock th- certain things, like, I'm sure... Do you already have a charm? Or a, a keepsake, rather? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Okay, so y- you probably don't. So, uh... Yeah, you've you haven't gotten any of this item called nectar, have you? Or... I just got it the first time. Okay, I think so. The first time you gift that, uh, gift that to anyone, they give you a keepsake, which gives you kind of like a modifier, like a bonus buff going in. Um, mm-hmm. You can gift it to anyone in the House of Hades. You can gift it to uh, the Olympian gods if you gift it before you claim their boon. Uh, but yeah, you get you get a lot of stuff from that as well. That that helps. Um, also, like obviously, you, you've have you interacted with the mirror in your room? Yeah, yeah. Like as you get those buffs as well, it, it just gets easier. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's going to take a little bit of time for you to build up to get get through that first area. But yeah, the the last thing I unlocked in the mirror was um, the whole thing where. If you die, you get one one chance to come back. Yep. 
so far. Uh, that's the last thing I got, and I got a couple of the other things, but yeah, I it was it's just I don't know. Super uh, Super Giant knows how to make make fun games, and it, the game gives me definite feels of Bastion and how that game played. The game also at times to me, and I know get gets um, like I said, I know I'm early on. And I'm sure later on it gets crazy. But it gives me kind of like some Diablo feels at times too when you're in like a crazy combat encounter in Diablo. And you're just flying all over the place, just shooting some with this dude, slashing this dude for a little bit, moving over here. I find myself completely fucking up with the big fat blob dudes. Oh. In the beginning, I don't know why my brain just like keeps blanking on it and I'll go up and hit them and then, I don't know, then they just kind of like charge at you. And that's those are the guys that keep getting me. I don't know why. I just keep blanking on it. But yeah, yeah. I I I'm looking forward to playing more of it. I'll, I'll say that for sure. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think Hades is maybe one of my favorite games of uh, definitely this year, maybe this generation. Well, maybe all. Do you time. like it more than Pyre? I, I mean, do. You, you really like Pyre. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, it's. I think it's just I like it a little bit more than Pyre, but Pyre is also way up there for me. I I enjoyed that game a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think I like roguelikes. I think that that's what puts this over for me. <laughs> is that I, I really like the roguelike structure of the game. I I like all the different like I like that it's run based and that with each run you can you can more or less go for different builds and play a little bit differently for each run. I like the variety of weapons. You've only locked two of them. There are, I believe there are six weapons, and then eventually those six weapons kind of do a thing that make that multiply that number by three a little bit. Kind oh, wow. of. Not not really, but like me- but certain like mechanics behind those weapons. Um but yeah, I I, I really like it. I I think the story is fantastic. I think it's brilliant the way they've woven a story into a roguelike game. Yeah. And that they they even give you a reason past like your first clear to keep trying to clear the game again and again. Ooh. So, wow. it it's really good. It, it, I I want I want more Hades. I I hope that this game does well enough that they can do even more to this game because it is it is just fantastic. It it is as close to a perfect game as I've played this year. Well, is the so is the game fairly short if you make it through? Uh, so my shortest run, my shortest run to clear was I want to say twenty five minutes. Oh wow! Um, I've seen people even go faster. Like I've seen an eighteen minute clear in the group that I uh, talk with about this game. Um. And then I've had even I've had long clear. Like sometimes you just get to build that shit, and you need to just play careful. And I've had a run that took like forty-eight minutes or something like that. Okay. But like building up to the point where you can do those runs will take time. It'll take multiple runs, and you're not getting all the way to clear to the final boss on all of those runs either. So. Yeah, there's there's a lot of learning of the different zones too. Like you're you're only in the first Are zone, you but. There? And you're getting mixed up with some of the enemies there. You're gonna have to go through that 
process again with each of the zones that you go through because there are new enemies and different attack patterns and all of that good stuff. Right on. But yeah. Uh, yeah it's great. I definitely, definitely will play a lot more of it. Yeah. I think having the whole story too hooks me a lot more than, uh, say, Dead Cells. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, what do you think of that soundtrack, man? It's good. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Definitely probably one of my favorites of the year. Yeah. It's got good stuff. Yeah. Super Giant's just a... Yeah, they're just a great fucking studio. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they've made a game I don't like. The only game I haven't beaten from them is Transistor, but that game's just really weird compared to their other games. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I do want to go back and play it because it... It does have have a lot of the trademark Supergiant style to it, and I, I, it, there's just a learning curve there for Transistor. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the only one I haven't actually played. So. Yeah. Yeah, what, what else? Have you played anything else? Oh, we dabbled around in Wasteland 3 last time, mostly doing yeah. a lot of murder. Uh, we shot up a casino. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah. That was a that was a really fucking hard encounter. Mostly the last one in that oh, casino, yeah. but somehow we pulled it through. Yeah, that this game really, I felt like clicked with me a lot this past time that we played it. It's just not not only the fact that some of the decisions we have made or make this a lot of fun so far. But I, I just found like the combat clicking a lot more now that we well we got an additional character. Yeah. So we're up to four. So we got two more left to fill out our party. But and just yeah, upgrading and getting into all the all the nerdy stuff about these games that I just felt like it. Yeah, it just really clicked. Yeah. This past time. Yeah. <laughs> we also shot up that camp. Oh yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> we found out that these sort of... these fucking teenagers were helping this gang come in and start shit in the in the city. And so, uh, well, we we shot the kids. Yeah. We said fuck them kids. <laughs> Basically, and the soundtrack to this encounter was uh, really really good, trying to make you feel feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked it. It's it's I especially like. Um, I just like you know this game has a good sense of humor to it, even within just some of the combat animations. Like there's something funny about you know shooting a rocket launcher at some dudes that's just completely ridiculous, and or or your guy who's more melee just going up and just whacking someone. Mm -hmm. and, I don't know. It's just something just kind of goofy about it that. It kind of makes you smile, um, and then yeah, there's a lot of really cool, um, cool and funny dialogue and and stuff like that. Like uh, Brian Fargo is the head of In Exile, and I guess one of the characters in this casino was like a riff on his name, which mm -hmm. was funny, and yeah, yeah. I think the one thing I feel like we need. And we'll eventually get uh, whether we buy it or just find it. It's just at least with my characters, just need better fucking armor. Mm. I feel like still using some pretty early, early on stuff. So 
I just wish, though, I will say that this game is pretty fucking buggy. Oh, yeah. So far, like, we've ran into some really annoying bugs. Um, and, you know, even the week before, me not even being able to launch the game. Um, so, I'm sure they can get that stuff cleaned up, but but that is one thing that's a little disappointing. Yeah, I mean, well, hmm. speaking of bugs, Tyler... <laughs> If this is what uh, In Exile is, is putting out, I, I don't think we have much hope for uh, Microsoft stopping Bethesda from launching buggy games either. <laughs> no. Uh, no. So uh, Microsoft bought Bethesda. I'm sure you've heard of it. I, I'm sure you've heard that this happened. Uh, but yeah, um, Microsoft buying Bethesda. Well, buying ZeniMax Media, which includes all of Bethesda and all their... All the studios they publish for, and all, all the all the stuff under that. Uh, my knee-jerk reaction is, I don't like it. I don't like that uh, something like this can happen, and it's it's kind of gross. I, <laughs> I don't know. It, I, it, and I, I I've seen and heard like. People reacting to this being like, "Oh, don't worry, their their games are still going to be everywhere." I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that uh, Bethesda games are going to be everywhere still, mm-hmm. I, because you don't spend fucking seven point five billion dollars to just put your games on everything, right? And it, because at that point, all you did was spend seven point five billion dollars to put your ga- put their games on your Game Pass, and I'm sure that deal could have been done for a lot cheaper yeah so yeah I'm I don't know I don't like it I don't like it when corporations just keep getting bigger and bigger and uh, we lose all we lose like third party publishers to this kind of acquisition so you worried more about consolidation stuff like that yeah I, I, I feel like it's just it's I, I'm gonna say it straight out. Like, y'all are probably gonna have to have an Xbox or a PC to play Bethesda games from here on out, and that fucking bums me out. That not everyone's gonna be able to do that. Yeah, I I uh, I'm torn in a lot of ways on on this. Um, I don't disagree with you that I I uh, yeah. Why would you spend 7.5 billion dollars to put the games out on other platforms? But Microsoft's been so different recently with their strategy that it wouldn't shock me if that happens. And it's almost a win either way for them if they do. So if they put Starfield on a PlayStation 5, you know, it one, it's going to be $70 over there where someone could pay for you know, 10, 15 bucks a month for Game Pass and just play it there. Um, of course, they have to have an Xbox or PC, but uh, they could do that or pay $70 on, on a PlayStation 5 where Microsoft would get a, what, 70% cut of that anyways. Mm. Um, so I could almost see them doing it, 
But they're but them coming out and saying that games will be on other platforms on a case by case basis to me says we're not putting all of our games on on other platforms, and you should not think that we're going to do that. Um, because I, I also think not putting Starfield, Elder Scrolls Six, you know, all these massive games from Bethesda on a PlayStation 5, for example, that would also really, really drive people to buy an Xbox or pay for Game Pass on an Xbox or a PC. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot to be said there, too. Um, it's so... To me, it's almost like a... At least financially, potentially a win-win for Microsoft no matter what. Which is just wild to think. Um... I'm a little torn on on the consolidation as well. Like, I get that Xbox needs studios, um, and they need to deliver games. They need to add value to Game Pass. Yeah, a deal probably could have been struck there. Um, but it, it like there's no other publisher that could do this. Like, not even Sony could do this. To just whip out seven point five billion in cash, by the way. Yep. Just to basically own a whole publisher, like that's wild. I think what I worry about at this point, just specifically with Microsoft, but a little bit with Sony, is that you know Microsoft said they're not done, and I'm like, dude. How many fucking studios do you need? Like, holy shit. Like, I don't know how I feel beyond this point about Microsoft just continually gobbling up studios. At the same time, you know, I wonder if Sony has a response to this at all. Not that they're going to go buy a massive publisher. um, But, you know, them buying up more studios. And then it's just this, like crazy ass arms race between these two platform holders at this point to just get exclusive content i know that's a huge deal but i don't want them to just be gobbling shit up to gobble shit up yeah and just like, to have exclusive content you know what I, mean? I i guess the only like the silver lining is that microsoft has generally done okay by the pe- people they've bought they've like the, yeah, for the most part. Like the their their studios have more or less been able to do their do what they were going to do anyway. Like the, I I haven't seen Microsoft try to shoehorn a studio into making a game that they shouldn't be making. Right. And I think they've learned their lesson a little bit with say like 343 the coalition where they were setting studios up to just make one game in one franchise. And I feel like They've seen diminishing returns on that. And so I really do think that they're going to let Bethesda and any of the studios under them just kind of do creatively what they want, which they need to do because we've seen this past generation, specifically Sony, allow that to happen. And it has paid off tremendously for them uh, to create, you know, new IP or whatever. Um, And Microsoft did say that. Bethesda will remain semi-independent under them. You know, who knows 
exactly what that means, um, which will remain to be seen. I think the competition this upcoming generation is going to be incredibly fascinating between both sides. Because now Microsoft has just as deep of a uh, amount of first-party studios as Sony does. Yeah. yeah. And so I think exclusives-wise, we could get some real bangers out of both sides. Um, and I think about Bethesda Game Studios in particular, who, you know, when we when you transition to this, you know, they've made really buggy games yep. before and stuff like that. So I wonder if allowing them to just say, like, focus on Xbox and PC, that's all you got to do, if that allows them to... Uh, make those games a lot more smooth if it allows them. I know they said that they had a pretty big engine overhaul for Starfield, apparently. Yep. You know, if it allows them to invest more into that before they even potentially put it on a PlayStation 5, if they ever do, um, that could really, really help them. Um, and we'll we'll see where that goes. It just does suck to think that, like, if someone was a massive Elder Scrolls fan on PlayStation, they might not be able to play the Elder Scrolls Six when it comes out. Yeah, like it just as a consumer thing. I know Microsoft's been a lot more consumer friendly recently. That just overall sort of sucks to think that that that's probably going to be the case in a way. Um, I think it's just different than acquiring, you know, even some of the other studios that they've acquired it just feels a little a little different i think and then even some of the studios that sony's sony has um yeah but i mean like microsoft owns doom yep that's insane <laughs> they also Completely i guess insane. Own dishonored and prey also yep i mean they yeah they own arcane and so evil so, within good like, like they like everything that fucking Bethesda's published they fucking have right now yeah um so they did say that Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo which are PlayStation 5 timed exclusives when they launch that will remain the case Mm -hmm. uh so Microsoft said that they will honor that deal which you know I'm sure they don't want any legal trouble over this over that so those games will still be PS5 exclusives um, but yeah, I mean, they own machine games now with Wolfenstein. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tango Gameworks, which is making Ghostwire, but they own like the Evil Within. Um, you know, that's a, and I think the thing is with their, with Microsoft's first party lineup, um, and we'll see how it pays out is, uh, I'm just being totally honest. They have way more diversity in their first party studios now than Sony does. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Sony just developing a lot of third-person open-world action games or third-person just action games, um, which, fucking, I love those games. And we've seen a lot of those games be absolutely fantastic this generation, and I feel that Sony will continue to make those games. Yeah, we've, we've also seen some of that luster fall off a little bit, especially with, like, Days Gone. Right. And, uh, right. Like, it... And, like, I guess to an extent, Ghost of Tsushima, I know you like that game more than I do, but I, mm-hmm. I feel like the general consensus is that people are starting to get tired of these types of games. Right, yeah, I don't disagree with that. And I 
I'm curious where that goes because, you know, we have Miles Morales coming out. We have Horizon, Forbidden West, um, Ratchet and Clank, uh, Rift Apart, God of War, Ragnarok. You know, I'm sure those games will be cool, but, you know, how much... How much will Sony try to diversify what they are exclusively offering on their platform? Um, Whereas Microsoft now, like, they have a number of shooter studios. They have, you know, uh, two racing teams. um, They have Obsidian and Bethesda. Yes. Two, like, RPG studios, as well as in Exile, of course. Like, they have multiple RPG studios. They could make... And they have fucking playground games working on Fable. Yeah, like to to me, they are could potentially become the home for Western RPGs. That's fucking wild to me. Um, and then they they even have a few you know action studios, you know Ninja Theory, um, Compulsion Games potentially, Undead Labs, um, maybe Double Fine, depending on what they're really going to do after Psychonauts 2. It's just, it's just, yeah, that's the thing. They, they have more diversity in their studios. Will that pay off? Who knows? Because so far, a lot of these studios, you know, still remains to be seen to really get the wheels going on Microsoft's side. So if you ask me which one I prefer more, I'm still going to go with PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, But the potential here is fucking crazy because I like Bethesda Game Studios. I'm... You know, we're—I'd say we're pretty big fans of ID and Arcane and Machine Games, <laughs> like definitely. And I think the Coalition does good stuff. Um, I like Turn Ten and, and Playgrounds. Uh, Hellblade from, from Ninja Theory is awesome. We're playing in, in Exiles Wasteland Three right now, which is great. Like, we'll see where it goes. It's just, yeah, you just want to talk about one of the biggest deals probably ever in video games. Mm-hmm. Certainly up there. Just the industry shifting thing that we'll see where it goes. I don't know. I'm torn in in a lot of different directions on this one for sure. Yeah, I, I, but good. I, I'd say like the, it, this is probably like the biggest possible acquisition there is. Like unless Amazon wants to throw billions of dollars around. Yeah. Uh, but like definitely outside of Bethesda, like I I, I think only like EA. And Ubisoft and Square Enix are bigger publishers than than uh, Bethesda. Yeah. yeah, definitely. If you had to, you know, just throw out there of like any studios that you think Sony should scoop up that would really add value to their their side, what what would you mm. what would you pick? Maybe. Well, I don't know if they could do it, but Sega, if they could get Yakuza mm. on their side. Mm, yeah, that'd, that'd be a big franchise to have. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, have Sonic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, to me, there's a couple. I think, I think Sony should buy Blue Point Games. Okay. And have a studio that is dedicated to remaking uh, old games, but in pretty great ways. Yeah. Uh, I think that could be. Something kind of new and interesting on their side. Um, one people have been throwing around that I totally agree with. I just feel like they need to find a way to get the classic IPs from Konami. Oh, yeah. 
because Metal Gear, Castlevania, Silent Hill, those just they they are PlayStation franchises. And if they could get those IP and then just find a studio to make those games, that'd be huge for them. Um, would be fucking fantastic. Um, and then you know I think Housemark maybe. Um, you know they've had a good relationship, but Sony hasn't really outright wanted to add them to the team. I don't know. I, I don't think Sony needs to go on a fucking spending spree like Microsoft has, but there might be some more calculated responses that they could do to, you know, at least maybe lock up a, a game or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I think if you want to play a lot of these games moving forward, you should probably think about getting an Xbox or a PC. Yeah, and I I think on, on like, the kind of competition between Sony and Microsoft, I don't think Sony can really match up with, like, just throwing money out there. What they can right. work on is perhaps, like, trying to match that Xbox Game Pass because that's a fucking huge-ass oh, yeah. deal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that, that that is the battleground that Sony should try to gain on. Yeah. Ultimately, I feel like this is what this deal's about. Mm-hmm. Is and it's a little bit like the whole Netflix model. Like, let's just buy buy a bunch of shit and just keep throwing it on this service, and things will stick, yeah. and we'll get people to come to this service, and now they're in, and you're just going to be paying for this every month. Because you're finding value in it constantly. And if they do this right, like there could be a first party game coming to that service every couple of months, which is crazy. And, you know, those are probably going to be the biggest value drivers to Game Pass that people really would want. And, you know, when Halo comes to it, that's going to be really big. When. Starfield comes to that service day one. That's going to be huge, especially if it's not on, on a PlayStation 5. And apparently there's a rumor that Sony was trying to lock up Starfield. Oh, yeah. With an exclusive deal, kind of like they did with Deathloop or uh, Ghostwire, which which makes me also wonder about Bethesda. I was like, why, why exactly do you feel, unless they're throwing a lot of money at you, which, you know, who would turn that down, but... I'm almost like, why do you need this stuff? Why do you need these exclusivity deals? You know what I mean? Like, do you just not believe in these games? Are you hurting for cash? Yeah. I don't know. That, 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 I, that's just me. A little conjecture sort of thing. But $7.5 billion is also a lot of... Well, it, it just outright is a lot of money. Like, Disney paid $4 billion for Star Wars. Like fucking Star Wars. I know there's huge IP here, but holy moly. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Video game studios are expensive, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we might know a little bit more about what all of those Xboxes, Xbox, new Xbox studios are uh, doing uh, at the Game Awards. There always seems to be some sort of announcements there. Yep. Uh, and we have a date, December 10th, Game Awards 2020. Uh, it's it's going to be weird. Yeah. Because it's not live or not in, a, in front of an audience? or Yeah, 
yeah, I think yeah, I I, I think the show is just going to be a, a little bit weird. Obviously, because of COVID nineteen, like you can't bring everyone together like that. That that would just yeah. be irresponsible. Yeah, but yeah, it's... I I can see your point of you know at at these award shows you give the award and then you know whoever wins comes up there and does some speaking like how's that going to work during Mm -hmm. this uh thing i mean they they almost yeah i i don't know like how are the awards going to leak (laughs) yeah seriously like do they cut the cutoff point earlier so that they can figure out who wins so that they can let those people know so that they can get a video from those people to edit into whatever this live stream is because I doubt that they would want to try to do anything like that live. Um, so yeah, I don't, who, who knows? It's a total possibility. And I wonder if that's the case. Like you think, you remember last year, like star Wars Jedi fallen order got cut off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that game would have won game of the year, but I think it would have been in the conversation during this award show, you know, the one game I can think of that's coming out really late this year is Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. I wonder if that cutoff points before then or if, if CD Projekt can get that game out to people ahead of time to play enough of it. I, I don't know, because if, if uh, that game misses the cutoff, there ain't going to be happy happy campers. Aw. People don't, their, their favorite <laughs> game doesn't get an award. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Even though their favorite game right now is one that they have not played. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you can see that happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, looking forward to it. I mean, especially at the, you know, start a new generation here. I'm curious to see if there's any big announcements because I remember watching this show last year and it was like, did Microsoft just announce their new box? Yeah, and they did. They, they, they <laughs> no, they did. <laughs> Which was wild. So it's a box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do we get the? But uh, do we get the new the Nintendo sh- console, Nintendo Switch? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I doubt there, but who knows? I mean, there is rumors that they'll have hardware early next year. Mm. Which, like, Jesus, the wallets. Um, but the show's going to be broadcast out of three different places, London, L.A., and Tokyo. Okay. See how that pans out. Yeah, you know, the the tragic thing is everyone who's nominated is going to uh, be act to, asked to pre-record an acceptance speech for, for winning the award, and then they'll have to watch other yeah. people win the awards they did a video for. Because <laughs> that's how it's going to work. Um. So yeah, uh, I think I just lost Tyler. Uh, let me just take a peek here in the Discord. Hey, Tyler, you still there? It, yeah. All right. Just came back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we'll we'll watch those when they happen. Maybe we'll have predictions when I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. find it. I find it weird. I don't even know what's going to be on the game of the year list this year. It's it's weird. Yeah, I, I think um, I think there's definitely a couple games that you can point to that would probably be on a game awards list mm-hmm. so far this year. But what wins? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, all right. Well, a lot of people didn't know what Sony meant when they initially announced their plans for Marvel Spider-Man 
upgrading the upgrade paths to PS5. They have uh, they've they've done a little clarification here. Um, kind of. Hmm. Alright, so Marvel Spider-Man Remastered is an enhanced version of Marvel Spider-Man and is included as part of Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition for the PlayStation 5. So if Marvel Spider-Man Remastered is part of the Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition for PlayStation 5 and later they say there are no plans to sell it as a standalone, why even announce a Marvel Spider-Man Remastered if it's going to be if it's not even going to be a standalone product if it's just part of this bundle here it's weird yeah it's strange i don't know why they did this it's strange i know that this has happened before i mean the one i can remember is um south park the fractured but whole had the stick of truth but only for people who downloaded it and they eventually made it a standalone thing that you could buy but i think that's a little bit different than this situation because i guarantee you almost everybody buying a playstation 5 at launch to buy miles morales has probably played marvel spider-man so you're asking them that if they really wanted it you they have to pay even more money to get it and they don't get just a free upgrade yep. mm-hmm. to have it. Like, I guess to me, it's almost like with Sony, why are you making this confusing? There's no reason to make this confusing. To me, there's also just no reason to not give players a free upgrade for this game. I don't know. It's just a weird thing to do when you're launching a system to me. Yeah, yeah, It. It is very weird, but uh, I'm also curious to see, like, what the backwards compatible version, because you will be able to play Marvel Spider-Man on your PlayStation 5, the PS, you'll be able to play the PS4 version. Right. So what does that version look like, and what work goes into it to make it worth the extra money to buy an upgrade, rather than just play Mm -hmm. the backwards compatible version? Right. Yeah. This is why I wish Sony would just kind of... Say something about uh, experiences like this. Mm-hmm. Like this game controls another one of like, what happens if I just play the PlayStation Four version? Is the game going to run better? I I hope it does. That's honestly all. All a lot of people are probably going to want. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just it's unnecessarily confusing. Absolutely. Uh, not as. Con- not nearly as confusing as a... Well, I don't know. How confusing do you find Nier's uh, <laughs> titles here? Nier Replicant version 1.22474487139. That's coming uh, next year. <laughs> uh, that, I, don't, I don't understand that. Time, but. So it's kind of a joke <laughs> about like patch numbers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. But the remastered version... Or remake. I don't know what the extent of this work is. Uh, but Near Replicant is coming to your PlayStation 4 April 20 sec- 23rd. Okay. It was released April 22nd 
in 2010. That's what got me confused here. I scrolled down to the article. So it's like literally 10 years later, or 11 years later. Uh, so yeah, we'll get the Nier game. Are, are you going to play Nier Replicant? <laughs> so this is the first Nier. Yeah, it was right, originally yeah. known as Nier Gestalt. Okay, gotcha. I uh, might check this out, honestly, just because I thoroughly enjoyed Nier Automata, and I really loved that world. Mm-hmm. And so getting more of that, even if it is an older game... Uh, could be cool, and I hope the the remasters. You know, I, I felt like Near played really well, or Near Automata. So mm-hmm. I hope that this game plays just as well. Um, so I I think I'll I think I'll potentially check this out. How about you? Yeah, I'm definitely gonna play it. Uh, there's there's no yeah. uh, there's no question there. I'll I'll play this thing. I don't know if it's gonna be good because that's an old game. <laughs> right. And I I'll see what they do with the with this. But it, it yeah. like from like the images here, it looks like it's it's definitely got some style. Yeah, definitely. It, uh, I think the game does look good, and and it also just makes me really want more near though, mm-hmm. like outside of just this this remaster. Well, if you play Final Fantasy fourteen, <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Guess that's true. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I, I don't know why you put movie news in here. Uh, we, this isn't a podcast about movies. Uh, apparently there's going to be maybe a Yakuza movie if it's good enough yeah. for... Uh, for the, If it's good enough for approval, they'll, 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 they'll make the Yakuza movie. Yeah. I mostly just put this in there because, uh, you know, Yakuza is a big video game franchise people like the yakuza stories mm-hmm. you know do you think this could be a good movie if it's done right i guess yeah i mean they could definitely do a good crime drama but like they aren't yeah. going to get all what makes all of yakuza like through a movie like is there going to be a scene where kiryu goes and races uh slot cars with a bunch of children <laughs> Yeah, right. Are, are we going to see? Oh God, Mister Libido. Do you remember Le, Mister Libido, the pervert? Oh yeah, he would just yeah, be the out guy, there in yeah, his underwear. Yeah, doing yeah. doing some groin thrusts. Is he going to show up? Like they're yeah. So like they they can definitely make a good Yakuza movie, but it won't be a movie that encompasses what, all of what Yakuza has to offer. Mm-hmm. I would I would rather have a Yakuza anime, <laughs> 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 or maybe just a TV series. You know, I I don't know, but I yeah. I also <laughs> don't think we need any of this, and I think the Yakuza games are fine on their own. Right, and uh, I feel like a TV series might fit this a little bit more mm-hmm. of what Yakuza is. Yeah, because there's so. so much like sure like the. Yakuza, when you strip it down, there's, like, this very straightforward crime drama behind it all. But it's really about, right. like, it, it's about the journey and how you get there. <laughs> and, all, yeah. and all the side stuff that is uh, really right. batshit right. insane. Um, <laughs> but Speaking of... What, what, what I will say is, like, Yakuza, the Yakuza games, like, especially towards the end of the 
the games is the most like Fast and Furious that games get. <laughs> Just like totally ridiculous. Yeah, totally ridiculous sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of more video game film adaptations, maybe, I guess, sort of. Uh-huh. This one more animated. Uh, there's another Resident Evil show coming to Netflix. What? Called Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. It's a CGI episodic series coming to Netflix in 2021. Um, the poster just has Leon and Claire on it and some blood on the wall behind them. That's about it. Um, but this show is different than the live action show that Netflix is also doing. What? So, yeah, you, we're going to get a lot of... A lot of Resident Evil stuff to watch, I guess, coming soon on Netflix. Great. Just fantastic. <laughs> That's what everybody wants. Everyone just wants their, their TV and film adaptations of their video games, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see with those. I mean, they people do like that, uh, that Castlevania show Yeah, yeah. Uh, net, on Netflix, so... There's possibilities, I guess, but apparently the um, Dragon's Dogma one isn't good. No, no, no. it's bad. It's bad. Uh, so. Don't don't watch that, people. Uh, <laughs> but I guess this is the price we have to pay for making fun of all of those movies that got adapted to video games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it worked in some ways. I think the Lego games are fine. I think those are the better adaptations yeah. of movies into games definitely absolutely alright well hmm I guess talking a little bit about Resident Evil here uh, maybe Resident Evil Village will come to the current generation of consoles they make no promises in that regard uh, but yeah they, they're, they're, they're looking into maybe it's possible <laughs> to me this is this almost says like it's probably it's happening. No, no well, to me it says uh, no. We're going to give you this uh, half-ass answer now. Yeah. What I will say is, if Resident Evil Eight comes out on the on this generation of consoles, it might not play very well. Yeah, definitely. Who knows on that? But I, I feel the same way. At the same time, to me, it's like there's a big audience for Resident Evil on these consoles. And not everybody's going to be upgrading right away, so I don't know. I feel like there's maybe some money that they could make bringing them to, to PS4. Mm. I don't know. All right. I can see it happening. Speaking of I mean, things, Sony's doing it. Oh, yep, yeah, they are. <laughs> they absolutely are. Uh, things that we absolutely saw coming. And it's just really weird that it hasn't come yet. Is the Mass Effect trilogy remastered? Oh ne- hey, you're, you're gonna have to wait until next year. It was the original rumor was this October. Well, it's almost October. It ain't happening in October. Um, apparently, the reason it's being held back is because of the original Mass Effect. Uh, I, I don't know. I like. What, what do you have to do to that game? <laughs> other than like, other than like, put some more 
they don't have to change the game to make it play like the current Ma Mass Effect, the later Mass Effect games. They just have to make it look better, I think, and make it play smoother, maybe. But, yeah. Huh. Who would have thought? Yeah. To me, I don't know. Like I said, I'm starting to feel like this might not be real. And, uh, but at the same time, it probably is. I don't know. I, I think it's just because I'm, I'm, I'm like really ready for something like this with this franchise and I just want it to happen and the fact that there's been so many rumors but nothing from EA officially is kind of like ah, fuck um, I don't really give a fuck when it comes out though like I mean it can come out late next year and it wouldn't matter to me I'll, I would t still play the, play the shit out of this so hopefully it happens but I can maybe see the first Mass Effect. I mean, that's definitely the game that needs the most work. Yeah, done to it. But um, like, I, I don't get it. They have had so much time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After after Andromeda bombed, they should have absolutely been like full tilt on trying to salvage the Mass Effect franchise. Yeah, definitely. Um, Rather than getting. You know, really bad PR of EA basically saying like, "Yeah, this franchise is pretty much dead to us mm -hmm. for a while." Like, yeah, yeah, they probably should have done this earlier. Yeah. Definitely. What, what I just hope, yeah, like I said before, I, I just hope it's done right. Like, I really hope these games and I done right to me mostly just in the visual department. Like, I just think taking these games to another level visually could just make these worlds just come alive even more and i mean they're already great so yeah i i would just that's, like that's my hope i would like an announcement sooner rather than later because i i currently have all the mass effect games installed on my pc mm -hmm. and i don't yeah. want to start playing them if this fucking remaster is going to come out yeah yeah same i mean i i, I just rebought mass effect for pc but i've been waiting to just hear if this is actually happening so please ea just give us the yes or no. Yeah, you already have my money. So just <laughs> just right. let me know what yeah. I should do with it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, huh, I don't know if I, what I want to do here next. I guess we can we can loop back to last week. Last week, we uh, ran we we ran with some news about uh, Michelle Ansel leaving Ubisoft to start some wildlife preserve. And that seemed all hunky-dory, but it turns out that maybe the reason he's leaving is a little bit more sinister. Uh, there's currently an investigation uh, that, and there's uh, into uh, Michelle Ansel's, uh, I guess, behavior as a leader within Ubisoft. There's, there's, there's some allegations that he is, uh, he was a little bit abusive as a leader. Mm. Um, there are accusations that he uh, didn't listen to his teams and he just made decisions on his own and uh, well I mean he's, he's coming out and denying all of this uh, but there, there is an investigation into uh, his time there <laughs> so yeah hmm. I mean uh, good it, it's it just see it seems like it makes too much sense. Like 
He just he leaves, and then all of a sudden, this is go- this is coming out. Seems a little yeah. convenient to me. Yeah, definitely. And with um, what we've learned about the culture of uh, Ubisoft, it almost doesn't surprise me. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah it's it's kind of hard to dim- dismiss any of these allegations. Like it's yeah. Like, I mean, I would love if they did this investigation and it turns out that it's you know false or whatever mm-hmm. but i mean i i just i just based off of what we've seen from ubisoft recently i doubt it at least in my mind yeah personally it's it's just unfortunate yeah it makes it really makes those comments he made before leaving a little bit weirder like how he was saying the studios he was working at are now fully autonomous or, mm-hmm. and have been operating on their own for a while. Um, I wonder how true that was. <laughs> yeah, it makes me wonder if he... I don't know, if something happened. And that's why he he left the studios and they kind of transitioned to running themselves with different leadership. Yeah, and it, it makes me wonder that's like what state, what state he left those studios in as well. Like, mm-hmm. he's just, yeah. Just take a shit on his desk and leave. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Ubisoft. Uh, well, Jiminy Grimace. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's, let's get to happier things like No Man's Sky continuing to get better. <laughs> uh, we announced that they'd have an update this week, and they have since done the update. And Tyler. This update's pretty good. They've uh, made the weather effects a lot more diverse. It's like the weather's really cool now. I went I went to a, a planet that was described as a caustic nightmare. And boy, Ooh. it was a caustic nightmare. Uh, they've added <laughs> volcanoes. They've, they've added... Have you seen the giant worm, Tyler? I have, yeah. They add the giant worms. The thresher moths are the... The Tremors worms, or whatever you want to call them. I want to find mm-hmm. out how big those worms get, personally. How? What? What is the biggest worm? That That is my question for, for the internet. Show me the biggest worm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it seems like a lot of people really like this. Uh, just a lot more diversity of like things that are generated in this universe. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, and honestly, just seeing, looking at these couple screenshots, like, the game looks... I know they overhauled that recently, but the game just looks really good. Yeah. Like, way better than it did at launch, and it's really exciting. Just, I don't know, just a a crazy, crazy thing. Uh, And now they continually uh, somehow are making money to put these out for free. It's awesome. Mm. So, So how much have you played then? Uh, I I didn't really mention it about games we were playing because I only played about half an hour last night. Okay. Uh, I did see a volcano. I didn't see a worm yet. I need to find a worm. And I, mm-hmm. I've experienced some pretty uh pretty good weather. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. I I want to keep playing it, man. No man's yeah. sky is the always thing, there. Yeah, definitely. And and the weather thing to me is cool because. You know, 
planets have totally different weather all the time. So that just adds a whole other layer to discovering things. So I think that's a that's a pretty neat thing that they were able to add something something like that in. Yeah, I'll let you know if I get eaten by a worm because. Uh, yeah, those worms look terrifying. <laughs> I'm curious how your your hunt for the worm goes. Oh yeah, that should be the title of this podcast. Mm. Hunt for the worm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, and then finally, here in the news, we got. Uh, blizzcon 2021 dates because i guess blizzcon didn't happen this year it was an online only thing right or did it just not happen Uh, at all yeah it did not happen at all they canceled it and said that they're going to do something uh digital early next year oh that's that explains why it's in february because usually that's like august right uh november november okay but yeah um February nineteenth and twentieth uh, next year, we're gonna we're gonna get some BlizzCon announcements. We're gonna see Diablo Four. I mean, that's that's just what's gonna happen. I mean, I'm gonna promise it right here. Diablo Four next year, next fall. Oh, you think it's coming out next fall? Yeah. Interesting. I I mean, I 100% think we'll we'll see it, and I'm very much looking forward to. It. I think I think we'll get Overwatch too if we get anything from oh, Blizzard okay. right. next fall. Hmm. hmm. Let's agree to disagree here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll have to be our next bet, depending on. Yeah, I don't. What happens I, with this? Personally, I give zero shits about Overwatch Two. Absolutely zero shits. I, yeah, I, I can see how someone could say that because as as a big Overwatch fan, I'm like not even really excited for it, mm-hmm. just because it doesn't seem like a two, and. The campaign stuff, I really hope is cool because if it's anything like what they tried to do during Overwatch, um, that could get really old really fast. Um, yep. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I I am way more excited for Diablo Four than anything. That's really the only Blizzard game I I give a shit about. Yeah. I hope it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. I I could really use a Diablo right now. But, yeah, but I guess Hades will keep me busy because I I need to do multiple runs. I need to unlock. <laughs> I need to gain friendships with all the gods. And uh, you know, I need to romance the gods because that's I, I guess that's a thing. You can romance gods in Hades. Well, there are relationship meters, and there are hearts on those relationship meters, and I assume we oh. be we be doing something. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a thing, man. That's that. There are untold mechanics in uh, Hades that you will discover, and I am excited to hear from you as you do so, because I really yeah. really enjoy well, that game. Something I want to ask you is. The whole, I'm blanking on the whole name, but like the contractor that you can spend that currency on. Yep. What does that stuff do? Like, does that actually affect the world that you're going through? Uh, I guess. I think the first tab does. The first tab there does. The rest of it, I think, is mostly just uh, decorations for 
the House of Hades. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Because I, I was a little confused about that. I felt like it wasn't super clear, mm. but... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. The game's so pretty, dude. Yeah, oh, my God. Is. Oh, yeah. And it feels so I good to it. play. I like... Yeah. Mm. I can't wait till you unlock the last weapon, and I want to know what you think of it. <laughs> <laughs> because... Uh, all the other weapons leading up to it are like, okay, yeah, this makes sense in Greek mythology, kind of. And then the last one is just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, I guess I'll I'll release you to uh, go escape from Hades and whatever else you need to do. Um, we're going to be back next week. Uh, probably talking more about Hades. Probably, I. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll probably play some more No Man's Sky. Tyler, what is is Hades the thing that you're following up with, like from Ghost of Tsushima? Is that is that the the thing that you're going to be primarily focused on? Um, uh, yeah, Hades and um, Avengers. Oh, event. Yeah, I want to play that Avengers story. Forget so. about Avengers. So those t- those two <laughs> games are what I'm mostly going to be playing. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Don't. I can see it, but mm. yeah. And then I guess maybe next week we'll even have numbers. We'll have payoff for that bet, hopefully. I'm yeah, looking at, probably. I'm looking we'll, at, I'm looking we'll at a calendar. We'll find <laughs> out if uh, Marvel's uh, Avengers is the best-selling mm-hmm. game of September. Yeah, we shall see. I'm almost confident to say it won't be top two. Wow, top two. <laughs> But I'm not. Damn. I'm not going to make that a bet because I already know I'm ahead. Damn! All right. I'm not, not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, that, that'll do it for the show this week. As always, if you need to get in contact with us, you can do that a couple of ways. One way is via email at playstationreport.com. Uh, not playstationreport.com. It's at it's playstationreportpodcast at gmail.com. Or via Twitter at PS Report Podcast. That's so much easier. Just go to Twitter, PS Report Podcast. I know Twitter's a horrible place yeah. to be, but it's an easy place to be. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at the Arctic Sloth. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at Plugged On Vids. Until next week, be good to each other, play your video games, and.